0: <laughs> it happens sometimes. I don't know. <clears throat> so, uh, just a, just a just a couple of well, really just one, just one quick thing. Um, as we prepare for Colossians chapter three, and um, we have a, a person who's a part of our body. His name is Bill Battery. Bill uh, spends every Tuesday and Wednesday out at Planned Parenthood in Twin. Uh, he's on the corner out there. Um, I've been out there a number of times with him. Bill has asked if you uh, would pray about whether or not, specifically, uh, whether or not you would join him out there, specifically looking for women. The reason is because when, when us guys go out there, it's automatically um, antagonistic. And that's not what we're trying to do, you know, because the woman already is upset over a variety of things. And the last person she wants to talk to is a guy. Who's standing on the corner? I don't know if that makes sense to you, but so if you're uh, if you're a lady and you would like to um, to pursue that, it's not for the weak. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's a wild corner to stand on, and a lot of crazy things will happen. But um, babies get saved. So so if that's something that the Lord would put on your heart, just holler at me afterwards. I'll get you some more information and uh, And we 'll try to plug in uh, and with bill it 's just uh, basically two hours a week, so um, it's not it's a big commitment don 't think it's little, but it's not necessarily a lot of time so so uh it's something to to keep in prayer so as we uh, as we dive into Colossus chapter three, I want to remind you of where we've where we 've come from, okay so here Paul has. Began this letter by praying that we would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That we'd have all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Reminding us that once we were darkness. But through Jesus Christ we've been transferred, transferred to the kingdom of light. We've been redeemed. And we've been forgiven. So he's reminding us that everything that we need is wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus. So it's Jesus that we, that we want. This might, might still be on, bro. So he is our creator, our sustainer, our provider, our protector. He's preeminent and he's God in the flesh. So in short, everything that we are looking for in our life, everything that we want to, to, be, uh, to, to live and be what God wants us to be is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. So He wants us to know that it's through His death and resurrection. He has reconciled us to the Father. So we can have a relationship with the God who says He wants us to know Him. And to be faithful to Him. And that we can live because He does. Because He was risen from the dead, we rise. Because He's exalted, we can also experience that. Because the scripture declares to us in Colossians that that. Christ in me is my hope of glory. Christ is in me. And so I want that. I want that experience that. He is wisdom incarnate. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are wrapped up in Him. So there's a lot of ideas and philosophies that we might think, this is how I'm going to get closer to God. This is how I'm going to do better in my relationship with Him. But all of those things are not what we need. What we need is more of Him. More of Jesus. He's wisdom. He's understanding. He's knowledge. We need Him. Not not a new way of thinking or a new way of considering things. We don't want to be deceived by something that is falsely called wisdom that might lead us in a direction that's in opposition to Him. We don't want the shadow. We want the substance. I was thinking about that this morning. We took communion and we and we have these two elements that represent Christ, right? The body and the blood. We have this piece of matzah, and we have uh, some grape juice. And we, we use those to, to illustrate the body and blood of Christ. Now, if Jesus was here, how many of you still want the cracker and the cup? But not him. The cracker and the cup are an illustration. When we eat the bread, what are we saying? I'm putting Jesus in me. He's inside. He's becoming a part of me. I'm becoming a part of him. You get what he's saying? I'm taking the blood of Christ upon me so that his blood is washing me of of my sins. It's all symbolic. But when Jesus is here, I don't want the symbol. I want him. I don't want the shadow. I want the substance. I want him. And so where there's a lot of things in our, in our uh, walk, in our comprehension of the Lord throughout the Old Testament and New Testament that we can get distracted by and focused on rather than holding fast to to Christ. And we want to hold fast to Him. We don't want to be deceived. He is our light and He is saying to you and I, come follow me. That's what Jesus does. So as as we look at this section of Scripture in Colossians chapter 3, It's all about um, our identity in Christ and our identity in Christ affecting our desire. How we act, what we do. So he says in verse 1, so if then you've been raised with Christ, if then all these things we've been talking about, if then all these examples, if this is all true, if then, it's a Mende construction in the Greek, if this, then that. So if Christ is risen, and you've been raised with Christ, then seek the things that are above. Seek the things that are above. It's it's interesting because he's talking about our motivation. What is our motivation in regard to our position in Christ? Jesus, when when he was when he was here, he taught something. He said something in Matthew six. He's talking about not praying like the Gentiles pray with uh, vain repetition. You guys heard that, of that before, right? Not with vain repetition, and 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 not praying necessarily about all of these things: your food, your clothes, your your stuff. He said in Matthew six, verse thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be, how's it go? Added unto you. To, to get our, our focus, our motivation on the kingdom of God. Being motivated for, for what is it that God's... Now, there's a lot of things we'd like to do in life. I promise you, a year ago when Levi and Amanda got married, Mexico was not on the agenda. It wasn't. It was. Yeah, hey, we're gonna get married, and we're gonna we're gonna plant in Idaho, and we're gonna be here at Calvary Chapel Buell forever. That's how we always plan stuff. That's how that's how those things focus. But the kingdom of God is what it's about. What what is God looking for? You know, where where does where does God want of me? And seeking His plan first. That's ultimately. The best plan, keeping our eyes on the prize. Paul said, not that I have already apprehended, I'm already perfected, I already got it all figured out. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which lie behind, I press on toward Him. Toward the upward call of Christ Jesus my Lord. I'm moving toward Him. So if God says, hey, I know you were planning on making a right here at this intersection, but I need you to make a left then we make a left because we've set our mind on the things above we've set our mind on what is it that that god wants what is god trying to accomplish so so we want that to happen we want to put our our heart in in our Our energy behind where God is directing and what God is trying to accomplish. And what God wants to do and how God wants to to work. So we want our interest to be centered on Christ. We want our focus to be centered on Him. So Lord, what is it that you're trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Where are you leading? Remember how Paul started the letter? I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. With all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So he's saying, look, I want you to be connected. And what you need to be connected to is the Lord. And then allow the Lord to direct you. And God directs us a lot of ways. Sometimes those ways are supernatural. Sometimes those ways are naturally supernatural. Sometimes it's a phone call you weren't expecting. Sometimes it's an open door that you weren't even checking. It just opens. And all of a sudden you're greeted with an opportunity that you go, wow, where'd that come from? When we see these things happening in our life, we want to be connected to understand and comprehend lord is this are you directing me are you is this is this your hand? Is this what you 're doing? Remember God is telling us long before any of those things occur, God is saying, "I want you to know me, I want you to be faithful to me. I want you to stay connected. We talk about Religion is a bunch of things to do. I want lists of things to do and don't do. Do this, do this, do this, do this. But a relationship wants to know. I want to understand you. I want to know what you're asking. I want to know where you're leading. I want to respond to the leading of your spirit. I want to walk according to the spirit. And so he tells us right here in verse 1, he says, Look, if then you've been raised with Christ, then seek the things above. Seek first. The kingdom of God. He says this is where Christ is at the right hand of God. The Bible says that he has seated at the right hand of God and that he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. His work is finished. God's revelation has been done. God has accomplished his revelation. Other than what things God may want to may want to uh, direct you in in your personal life, there's no next thing coming we've got it Christ is it everything is wrapped up in him so we want to stay focused on that reality that this is where we want to to sink our teeth into to pursue this relationship with him so having died with Christ when did that occur well that occurs symbolically at our baptism doesn't it you guys remember baptism when you went under the water? What? Well, that's the shadow, not the substance, right? I went under the water. What was that? I died. I came up out of the water. What was that? I've been raised with Him. I died to me. I've raised with Christ. I'm raised with Him. So, <clears throat> if we died with Christ, then, if I went under the water, I didn't leave you there. If you were baptized by me, you didn't drown. Right? Now I have never, not one time, you'll not find anyone in the 25 years I've been in the ministry who died from baptism, physically, that I let drown. Because the symbol is, you go under the water and then you come back up, right? So they go under the water and they come back up. And that coming up is saying, now I can live by the power of God's resurrection. Because Jesus lives, I live. Because he's been empowered, I'm empowered. Because Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Everything that I need, it's, it's, it's within me. I have it. I, it's a part of, of who I am and what I'm about. So we want to set our minds. Set our minds. We don't want to let our ambitions be solely earthbound. Set on things that are passing away. Focused on shadows, not substance. I got a beautiful house. God bless me. I got a beautiful house. I love my house. But my house is temporary. I don't have such a beautiful body. But thank God my body is temporary. Here's the bad news. If you have a beautiful body, it's only temporary. We get to heaven, we might find out we are all ugly and fat. I don't know what to tell you. The point is, all of these things are temporary. Is that where, wait, is that where your hope is? Is that where you, your ambition is focused on the temporary things? Every time I mow my lawn, every week I mow my lawn, I say, this is temporary. Because what happens next week? That stupid grass grows again. And then what do I got to do? Got to mow it again. It's all signs that these, these things are temporary. Is that what you're living for? Are you living for the temporary? Or are you living for the eternal? See, we can spend our whole life building barns and bigger barns and filling those barns with cool stuff. But the Lord said that if that's you, you wasted your life. Because at the end... You die and who gets the barn? And the stuff in the barn. Solomon understood. He had all the money, all the stuff anybody could ever want. And he said, uh, I'm going to leave all this to a fool. I'm going to leave it all. It doesn't come with me. What is your mind set on? What's your mindset on? Is there things that we are doing, places where we're working, where, where we can recognize that, that God is, is doing something eternal there? He says in verse 2, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Set your mind on things that are above. What do you think about? I think about, man, I really want that new car, that new bike, or Whatever. And then I spend, what I think about becomes my motivation for what I do. And here Paul is saying, look, what are you meditating on? Set your mind on things above where things really matter. What are you thinking about? Every time I do a wedding, there's a moment in the wedding where, where I take the rings, right? We're about to put the rings on each other's fingers. Last week, we Riley Reynolds got married and I did, I did this very thing with, at Riley's wedding. I take... The rings, and I, and I hold them up and I say, These rings are precious metal, so that your love for one another be the most precious thing you possess. Each one is a circle unbroken, so may your love for one another be unbroken for all your earthly days. And then after they put the rings on, I say, You know, when God made a promise, He put a rainbow in the sky, and He said, Every time you see the rainbow, remember your promise. So I say, Every time you see your ring. Remember your promise to each other. Now, a lot of people forget those promises these days, right? You get a few years down the road, and it's like, what promise did I make? But the point is, we're supposed to be reminded. Where's your mind? What are you thinking about? You set your mind on the things that matter. We want to be reminded, we want to hold fast to this idea that God is doing something, that God is working something. So our baptism should remind us, I died to the old life. I raised to the new. I went under the water. I died with Christ. In Colossians 2.12 it says this, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. In the same way, this is our picture. What's your mindset on? Am I thinking about the reality that I died to the old ways and I'm alive to the new? What did Paul say in Philippians? We just looked at Philippians a few weeks ago. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, (laughs) If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. We can all focus on the wrong stuff, right? There's a a couple ways we can do that, right? We can focus on wrong things to possess and spend all our time trying to possess bigger and bigger things. That's kind of the way we work. Or we can spend all our time focused on all the negative things you've ever heard in your life and just focus on all those things. You are who God says you are. I don't care what somebody else said. I don't care what they told you. I don't care what they told me. I've heard lots of things. The Marine Corps told my wife that I was hopeless. Now that might still be true. (laughs) I'm, I'm not necessarily denying that. But then the Marine Corps said he will never change. They're wrong. And I was a wicked man. But I was once darkness. But now I'm a light in Christ. Because Jesus Christ changed me. From the inside out. And so I don't focus on what people said about me. I focus on what God says about me. I focus on what the Lord declares. We, we just sang a song. I'm a child of God. Was that true? If you have declared Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, confessed Him before God and men, then you're a child of God. Set your mind on things above. Stop letting this earth pull you down. Set your mind on things above so that you can be who God says you are. In 2 Corinthians 3:18 it says, "And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed." We're being changed. Are you being changed? Remember last week I told you it's hard to notice when it's just you. You know, when change comes slow over a lifetime, sometimes it's hard to notice. Yesterday from today, last week But as the years pile on, I'm becoming older and older. I can look back and go, man, I'm a lot different than what I was. And that's not me. That's God working in me. We are being transformed. This is what he says. We're becoming like him from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So God is working in us, yes? That's what the Word declares. The Word says God is changing you from the inside out. True? You confess Him as Lord? You confess Him as Lord, you're a child of God, God's changing you from the inside. God is building, set your mind on things above. He says in verse 3 of Colossians 3, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians, he says it like this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I live by the power of God that He has given me. I am becoming who God says I am. We can spend all our time hearing all the lies you've ever heard. We can spend all our time having our mind focused on the wrong things. And wallow around in the mud. Or we can waste our life of piling up more things in our barn. We can waste our life saying I'm no good. I'm not worth anything. I have no value. All the while God is saying. You you matter to me. I cross the chasm. to, To stand in a place where I could change your life. From darkness to light. From darkness to light. This is what God wants to do. You have died. Your life is hidden with Christ and the Lord. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now there's two ways this works. One, he's talking about when Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, man, there we are. We're going to be in glory with the Lord. But there's something else I want you to see. When Christ, who is your life, appears. That means when Christ, who is your life, is evident in your life, when you see Jesus in you, that's when you're really going to know who you are. You don't know otherwise. You may know your desires, your wants, the, the things you pursue, but when Christ, when the light of Christ is shining through your life, you will be who you were made to be. We all buy the lies of this world telling us, I'm, I'm here to be rich, I'm here to be wealthy, I'm here to have a great family. I don't, I don't know what, whatever dreams or desires we have. But the psalmist had it right. David, the psalmist, he said this, If you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. And sometimes this is how we hear that. We hear that like, okay, so if I really delight in God, He'll give me what I want no that's not what I said I said if you delight yourself in the Lord he'll give you the desires of your heart he will put in your heart your desire the things that really satisfy you like every woman who ever gave birth to a child and held that baby in their arms felt something that nobody could have told you you would feel In fact, people probably try to. Man, when you have this baby, you won't even be able to believe how much you could love another being until that moment. I remember people telling me that. No, yeah, sure, that sounds cool. And then they were born. And my kids were born weird. So... (laughs) I told you about coal, you remember? Kathy's pushing to deliver coal, and she popped both her eyeballs. Yeah, the whites of her eyeballs turned blood red in a second. And already when you're having a child and you're giving birth, you, you don't act like you much. And I was a little freaked out that her eyes turned into blood. <laughs> I was a little freaked out. I'm not going to lie. I was a little freaked out. And then, then Cole's born. And I, all the while, Kathy and I were talking. Oh, my gosh. Can't wait to have little nee, nee, babies who cry. You know, I'm like, oh, I just like that cry. Oh, I never had a baby like that. My babies come out with lungs. They're screaming like a banshee. Cole comes out and he's screaming and he's got a deep voice. Ugh! I'm like, my wife's eyes turn to blood. Cole's, Ugh! I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Kathy said, Kathy asked the doctor. She said, look, I really want, I, I really want my child to, to uh, latch on well with breastfeeding. So as soon as he's born, I want you to put him on my belly. Uh. And so Doc said, well, I don't know, that seems kind of weird. She said, well, you work for me, mister. I pay you. (laughs) Put that baby in. When a lady's eyes turn to blood, you do whatever she says. (laughs) So Cole's born and put put Cole and he's, and she puts him on her belly and he low crawls up her body. And latches onto her breast. And I'm still a little freaked out. Like, what in the world is happening? But right then, in that moment, I loved that boy more than I could love anything ever. Because God made us for that. And when we are accomplishing being, doing the things God made us for, I'm more satisfied in that moment than Every little new shiny thing I've ever got in my life. Any new house or any new thing. I'm more satisfied being the father God made me to be. Or the husband God made me to be. I'm more satisfied in that than in all the lies the world tells me. To be who God made me to be. That's what it is. That's what it is to know him, to be, to walk, to to do the things that God is calling us to do. So when Christ shines in your life, man, that is when you are going to really touch the finger of God. And you'll say in this moment, in this hospital, in this place, in this whatever, man, I feel God here. But we got to let the light of Christ shine in us. Or we can just push it off into a corner. And if we do, we'll listen to all the lies of the world and we'll live our life for all that. But I don't know that we'll ever find ourselves totally satisfied. I died to the old life. You can have all that stuff. It's not ever satisfied. But when I, I went to Arizona to, to, to visit a, uh, a church out there that had a, a ministry out to uh, <laughs> Planned Parenthood, and it was cool, and um, I got to sit down with a lady whose baby was alive because somebody was on the corner. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Now, sometimes you may spend your whole life and never get to Meet anybody. I mean maybe they never talk to you. Maybe they just get back in their car and go home. I don't know. But to get to talk to this lady who says to the people in that church, Man, thank you for being there. That's pretty close to the finger of God. No? When we do the things, when Christ's light is shining, when it's coming through, then then I'm walking in really what I was destined for. I was destined to be a child of God, to to be a father, to be a husband, to learn to love my wife like Christ loves the church, like he loves me, to to be destined to train my children to walk with God. That Those are the things. That's where that light shines. Now, there's stuff we do to accomplish that. We all got jobs. We have to live in the world. But I don't live for that job. It's not who I am. Who I am is I am a believer in Jesus Christ. That's who I am. I'm a child of God. Who also has to do X. And I'll do X for the glory of God. That's okay. But I want to honor Him by who I am made to be. I want to have the glory of the Lord shining through us. (laughs) So... If we are in Christ and these things are true, I died to my old life, I'm alive to the new. If all these things are happening in my life, then who I who everyone sees me to be ought to reflect that reality, right? Like if if I say I'm a Christian, somebody ought to be able to tell. If I say I'm a follower of Christ, somebody ought to be able to be, they ought to be able to see that in my life. So, <clears throat> one of the ways that that's accomplished. The scripture lays out for us in verse 5. It's like, I put to death the things that are in opposition to God. Think about it. He says in verse 5, So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And he's going to define it. You don't have to wonder what that is. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Listen. We... In our world today we have this crazy idea that we should just let our desires run rampant. Yeah, you, nobody does that in real life. There's not one parent who looks over at their child and says, "Yeah, just do whatever you want to do." Because they don't want to do what you think they want to do. No. No, I, I the other day walk into a bedroom and there are little ones hanging on a ceiling fan that's turned on. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, you guys just keep doing that. Do whatever your little heart desires. If you want to swing from a ceiling fan, swing from a ceiling fan. When I was a kid, we used to play ceiling fan baseball. So that was the pitcher. You threw a ball up into the ceiling fan, it'd whack the ball, go flying somewhere in the room, and if it came toward the guy with the bat, then he'd hit it. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> Me and my brothers would get home from school and we'd run into our rooms. There's three boys in my family. Me and my two brothers, we'd run to our room, grab our wrist rockets, and a box of nails that we each kept in our room. And then we'd put the nails in the wrist rocket. Kids don't listen we put the nails in the wrist rocket and we'd shoot them across the hallway at each other. I don't know how we didn't put out any eyeballs, but my brothers still have scars on their forehead from nails getting stuck in their forehead. We should just let kids do whatever they want to do, right? Nobody lives like that. Except animals. Animals live like that. I know, I'll follow, that, I'll follow that idea. I'll go home and I'll just let my puppy do whatever it wants to do. I have bought that silly puppy every toy known to dogdom. It don't want none of them. It still finds my favorite hat and eats it. Or my favorite pair of socks that don't have a hole in it yet and tears them apart. And it doesn't just, it just lives to destroy. That's what it wants to do. I'm not going to let it do that. So listen to what God's saying. Destroy the things in your life that aren't what bring life. These are all things that bring destruction. They destroy. You have to control those. God says, put them to death. Let them die out. But I really want to. Hey, I live these things. So I said, you know what? I really, want to, I really want to live my life any way I want. I want to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. I don't care if I'm married. I want to do what I want to do. And the result was HIV. That was the result. And a wife who was seven months pregnant, and I had to look in her eyes and say, man, I hope you don't die because of what I did. That's the result. That's what it does. So the Lord says, put those desires to death. Do it God's way. What's God's way? Does God say, I don't want you to have any of these things? No, he says, I don't want you to have any of these things outside of my plan, my will, my, the way I made you. I made you to be connected to another person. No man is an island. I don't care what they say. I made you to be connected to another person. And in that place, I made you to be able to to have a family and raise a family and find those fingerprints of God there. Made you like that. And you you do something else, and all you're doing is inviting heartache and pain. And heartache and pain still come. They'll still come to destroy. They'll still come... To wipe it all out. But listen, Romans 6.11 says this. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin. And alive to God. We pick a side. You can't have both sides. I pick a side. I want God. Then I'm going to walk with the Lord. So I'm going to be the best Father, I'm going to be the best husband. I'm going to be the best mother. I'm going to be the best wife. I'm going to be the best believer and follower of Jesus Christ. I can be. And and let God work all those other things out. Which means I am turning away from something. I'm turning away from something. Something that wrought a lot of destruction in my life. But those things are, are hard Those are hard rows to hoe. I remember Kathy saying, I had a dream. That you're dead, the baby's dead, and I'm sick. And I'm sitting in a cemetery on the grass just waiting, waiting to die. And she said, in that moment, she looked right at me and said, it's hard not to hate you. That's what that brings. That sounds like Life? That doesn't sound like life. What does God do? He redeems our stupidity. So I'm here still. And that baby didn't die. And God delivered. God redeems. I have a great marriage now. Because I put to death. All the crazy desires that just want to destroy. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm done walking down that road. I'm done having endless fights over stupid stuff because I want what I want and I want it the way I want it. I'm done with earthly desires. I want to want, I want, to want what God wants me to want and that's a choice I choose it does that mean there's things I go without? for sure I have decided that the love of Christ is worth more than whatever I lose or whatever I left is worth more and from that moment moving forward I have life the old man is dead and the new man is walking and living with Him. Well, What's the consequence if I don't do this? What if I, what if I say, well, I'm just going to live any way I, I want to live? It says in verse 6, On account of these, these things He listed in 5, the wrath of God is coming. God has forestalled His wrath. What does that even mean? So... <clears throat> God is, we are walking in a time of, what would you call it? We're walking in a time of the patience of God waiting for man to repent. And if man chooses not to repent, then he's going to get what he wants. Life without God. Life without God is life without good. The Bible declares everything that is good comes down from God. So, so when I say I don't want God, I'm saying I don't want anything good. Just like that puppy or the child, they don't know that what they're doing can bring destruction. I don't know when I shoot that nail across the hallway at my brother, I could pop his eyeball out. But it didn't stop us from doing it. Right? And is it possible for what we don't know to hurt us? And have we decided now? I'm, fi- I'm, I'm almost, next week I'm 55. Crazy how that happened. If I'm 55 years old, I have accumulated all the knowledge there is to accumulate. I know everything. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't know it all. Is it possible that what I don't know can hurt me? Yeah. So God says, turn from this stuff. Live. Why should you die? This is what he declared to Israel. Why should you die? Israel, turn away. It says in verse 18 of Romans 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Look, the Bible says everybody knows there's a God. You can deny Him. You can rebel against Him. You're free. You do what you want. But when you do, you're turning away from life. God stood before the children of Israel and he said to them, look, I'm showing you two mountains. And on this mountain is cursing and on this mountain is blessing. And God says, you can go anywhere you want to go. But if you don't go to life, just know you're going to death. Do you get it? You can go anywhere you want. You can do whatever you want to do. Live any way you want to live. But if you are not on the road to life, you are on the road to death, wrath, destruction. Nope, I don't believe I am. Well, that doesn't change the road you're on. Does it? I was lost one time. And so we know it's a miracle because I stopped for directions. And I said, I'm lost. And the guy said to me, I was actually on my way to see a concert in, uh, in, in California. I was going to go see Kansas. Anybody ever heard of Kansas? Yeah, there's like six old people who know them. <laughs> so I'm going to go see Kansas. And so I am somewhere out past L.A. And I get pulled over because I'm driving like a maniac trying to get to the concert before the concert starts. And the cop comes up to me and goes, what in the world are you doing? And I said, man, I'm trying to get the concert. I'm lost. I'm trying to get to Universal Amphitheater. And he just goes, son, son, son. You passed Universal Amphitheater an hour ago. I don't believe I did. Now when I don't believe I did, did it change the fact that I passed it an hour ago? Oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe what you say. Well, it's okay, but if you want to get to Universal Amphitheater, you've got to turn around and drive that way for an hour and you'll get back. So a lot of people shake their fists at God and say, I don't believe. And God says, well, whether you believe or not, the road you're on leads to death. And I'm just telling you, turn around. If you turn around, you'll get where you want to go. You'll find the you you want to find. You'll be the person you want to be. You'll have the things that you long for in your life, but you have got to turn around. Don't (laughs) suppress the truth. Don't pretend it's not true. You know it's true. Pay attention. Listen, John chapter 1. Real quick, land in the plane. John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him, in Jesus, was life, and life was the light of men. We want to walk in light, right? Light means we understand, we recognize, we see. We're not walking in darkness. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. So if you turn on light, darkness goes away. Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> John 1 verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who receives him... All who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. So Jesus Christ became light, came, is illuminating the earth, and he says, now anyone who comes to me can become a child of God. Right? The light of God came. Verse 19, verse John 3, 18 tells us that the world is already condemned. Verse 19, it says this, this is the judgment. Light came to the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds are evil. Light has come. You can deny it or not. doesn't really matter. Light has come. And if we accept that light. Walk in that light. Allow that light to change us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. If we allow that light into our life, then we become the children of God. If not, you love the darkness. And the darkness only offers one thing. He says in verse seven of Colossians three, "In these two, in these you two once walked, when you were living in them. We all did these things, But now you're putting them all away. Put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to each other, seeing that you have put off your old ways and practices, and you put on the new self. You're walking in the light of God, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the Creator. We're becoming like Jesus. We're becoming like Him. Here, there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. Everything that we need is all Christ, Christ is all and in all that's what we need to be delivered to be transferred changed Christ will change you I just gotta let him I could have spent my life still walking in the old me and I would not be here I would not have a family I don't know what that future would have looked like. I don't know how, much, how, much, how many wrecked lives would have been in it. But I promise you this. In my life, I left a lot of wrecked lives behind me. A bunch. I know when I walked in darkness, I was destroying myself and everybody around me. And I know when I walk in light, I'm bringing life. Life. That's what Paul's asking the church of Colossae. Hey, choose to walk in the light. Walk where Christ is leading. Find that thing, that part of you that you keep lying that you can't find or that it's something else. Find the part of you that's connected to God. He made you. He knows how you tick. He knows what will satisfy you. But it's all wrapped up in Him. Amen? Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father God, we just lift this time to you, Lord. We pray that you meet us here. God, we thank you for the truth of your word. God, I pray that we'd allow your word to change us. It's not to condemn, condemnation's already here. I'm already into darkness. I already chose darkness. I walked in darkness, I ran down that road like a banshee but Jesus Christ he's shown the light in my life and I made a choice I'm going to walk in the light as he is in the light <clears throat> I want to reflect his light I want to I want to love what he loves and hate what he hates I choose to change my goals in life not to focus on the things of the earth the lies of the earth the goals of the earth I, I want to focus on what God wants to do I want to bring life that He gave me to other people. I want other people to experience the fact that God is able to take you out of the darkness and put you in the light. He's able to redeem all the broken, screwed up things we do. He's able to bring healing and all of that stuff He's able to do because He loves you. And He wants you to be a child of God. You can still leave this place listening to the eyes, the the lies of this world, saying, "I'm, I'm gonna do what I want to do, how I want to do it." You're free. Just know where that road goes. It's not where you're trying to get. And oh, my son, 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 oh, my daughter, you have passed the turn. And you're gonna keep driving forever down this road and not find what you're looking for. Or you can turn to Christ. Say, I want your light and I wanna leave the darkness. And let Him bring life. Let Him bring satisfaction. Let Him bring that connection that you've been longing for, that place that seems empty. Let Him put it in, let Him bring it. He's our hope. My peace, my creator, sustainer, protector, provider. The most important thing in my life. Lord, I just pray that you would bring that to those here today that don't know it. People who profess to be a believer but walk in the darkness. Get out of the dark. Walk in the light. He's telling you how to do it. He's laying it out for you. Take the road of life live be no find that thing that has eluded you so far because it's in christ lord we ask your blessing and anointing your spirit to move into work in the hearts and lives of men and women here and if there's anybody here today that doesn't know you, there'll be prayer counselors up here as we worship. We pray, God, that they would just come and pray. If you have an issue, somebody you want to pray about or somebody you want to pray for, <coughs> prayer counselors will be up front to pray with you, to help you. That's what we want to be here for. We want to help you. So, God, we just lift this time to you and pray you be glorified. You be magnified. So we give you thanks.